welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, where your hosts, Shay Mariah, two intuitive business strategists exploring the intersection of entrepreneurship, spirituality, and the subconscious mind. If you're interested in exploring and learning how to integrate strategy with energetics to help you grow a profitable business in a way that feels good, then you're definitely in the right place. Okay, so before we get into today's amazing episode with our guest, Amanda Marcotte, we just want to take a second and say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who signed up and showed up to our very first live workshop that we held last week about planning a better year. So we literally had such a blast and after kind of like sitting with the workshop a little bit and just, you know, me and Shay chatting about how we felt about it, we decided that that one workshop was only going to be the beginning. So if you didn't get a chance to join us in that one, totally not a problem. We've got plenty more in the works. Most of them are around the themes of making business easy, fun, and as profitable as possible. So make sure that you head over to our website and sign up for the workshop waitlist to be the first to get notified about the next one and get access to pre-sale pricing. So we'll go ahead and leave the link to the workshop waitlist in the show notes below. Okay, so let's switch over and talk about today's episode. We had a lovely interview with motivational speaker and intuitive guide, Amanda Marcotte. Um, She's just an all-around inspiring, badass woman. She actually got into the online game the same as I did um, in the design world and as a graphic designer. And so her origin story, I really related to of... I'm sure a lot of us can, when you first hop into this world of entrepreneurship, it can be very easy to start working a lot and really burn yourself out and not charge enough and get taken advantage of by clients and just burn the candle at both ends. I certainly had a lot that resonated as she shared her story. Um, So Amanda kind of takes you on a journey all the way through going from burnt out, really having to pause and rest and reevaluate her life. Um, we, we, Ryan, I actually referred to it as radical self-care when we were preparing for this episode. Amanda's got um, just a really inspiring story that was very relatable about reaching that level of burnout, what she did about it, and then how she burnt down and rebuilt a business in a way that actually felt supportive and aligned with the life that she wanted to live. Um, I think a lot of us are running businesses based on the shoulds, what we think we should be doing. And so Amanda's story is hopefully one that will inspire us all to, um, you know, when we do hit those points of overwhelm and burnout, take the time, get quiet, listen to what you need, honor your body, honor yourself, honor your life, and then give yourself the permission to really burn it down if you need to, you know, reconstruct. Um, The cool part about online business is there is no ceiling. There's no walls. We can really make what we want this to be. And and the new business that Amanda has built is super cool. We are so excited to share um, more about it with you guys. Yeah. And I feel like my favorite part about this conversation with Amanda was like how much fire and passion she has. 
like when you listen to her story, you're just like, holy shit. And you just like get so lit up and like so enveloped in like her journey and like her emotions along the way. I feel like she was really good at like explaining and like allowing us to really feel into like how she was feeling and just like how much resistance there was and how much pain there was because you know she talks about some health issues that she ran into some emotional issues and you know how her family life looked and how running this business overworking overextending and basically neglecting self-care how that impacted all of these different areas so I just I really love how she was able to redefine what what success meant to her and then take a step back to allow her to build a business that supported that. Okay, so I'm just gonna read Amanda's bio real quick. So Amanda Marcotte is a former workaholic that was working 80 plus hours a week, feeling stuck in the hustle culture, thinking that it was the only way to happiness. So after 10 years owning her own successful business as a graphic designer, her world both imploded and exploded as her career and business ended overnight and she had to pivot hard. And after three years of doing the unthinkable, you know, just like focusing on healing herself and giving herself space. She started feeling like Harry Potter, finding out that he's a wizard while on his journey. And she now speaks on stages and online with the hopes of empowering women to give society standards the middle finger and step fully into her own defined feminine power. All right, let's get into this episode. Okay, Amanda, I am so excited to have you here today. And the first thing I want to ask you about, you and I have... um... I think this in common, did you, is it true that you got your start in the online space being a designer? Yes. Yes, I, I did. did. I did as well. And I, um, I was really attracted to that part of your story. Can you kind of, you know, give us the origin story? How did you start? Um, yes, I, so one thing that I've learned uh, over the years is divine timing, right? It's a huge, huge thing that, um, when we learn to actually go with it, it's amazing where the universe will take us. And so when I was in my twenties, I was one of those kids that went to college because I was told to, and I hated going to college. So, um, I was a dance major you know, I mean, cause why, what else were you going to waste $20,000 on? So <laughs> fast forward. And I, and I decided to quit college and I, um, am working at a bridal store actually as a manager. And I noticed that all of her stuff was really ugly. And so I just started to like redesign it and I was doing it in word and then now, okay, now to be fair, this is back in 2007. So like when I say she didn't have a website, it's not as big of a deal as it is now, right? And uh, we decided that we were going to go through the college and hire a developer. At the time, I didn't know the difference between a developer and a designer. So we have this guy come in and we're selling, I don't know if you know anything about wedding dresses, but we're selling like Maggie Sotero Couture, which in Idaho, we were selling them for $5,000 15 years ago. So, I mean, like high end stuff. And it looked like he was designing something for the wedding singer. 
So it was really, it was really, really, really awful. And I put together um, what I thought was a relatively okay design. And I had a professional finally come in and he goes, okay, well, I just need to talk to your designer because I need these Photoshop files. So I was like, what are you talking about? I designed this. And he goes, well, okay, well, where are the Photoshop files? And I said, no, 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 I did this in Word. And the man looked at me, he goes, if you did this in Word, I pay people $80 an hour to do this in Photoshop professionally. I was like, I'm sorry, what? So <laughs> it wasn't until literally that moment that I even knew that was the possibility of a career. So I was 24 years old, decided to go back to college. And as an incoming freshman, I was winning awards for design. And I was like winning all these contests and like I was getting all these clients. So I actually started my business before I even graduated school. Um, but the fascinating thing is I was still very much in the hustle culture. I was still very much believing that you had to work your ass off in order to be successful. You had to keep going back to school. Um, I was born with one arm. I was blessed with one arm, which means that my college was completely and totally paid for. They paid for my equipment. They paid for my schooling. They played, they gave me a stipend to live off of. And I still have almost $50,000 in student loan debt because wow. it wasn't enough. Right. So I actually have three degrees <laughs> in, in some sort of design um, because I kept trying to prove myself. There was this worthiness thing that I had of, well, I know I was winning awards and I know that I was getting clients, but maybe it's not good enough. So I just kept pushing and kept pushing. And that was basically how my entire career went. When I actually ended my career three years ago, um, I was, I was on paper, extremely successful. And I would, would have been considered one of the top designers, right? Like I was being headhunted by all of these agencies. I was selling websites for $10,000 a pop. I was doing branding packages for $10,000. So yeah, I was super successful and I was working 80 to hundred hours a week. Um, my marriage was failing. My health was like plummeting. I mean, it was like non-existent. I can't even use the word health to describe myself back then. Um, and the, the most impactful thing for me is realizing that I have no memory of my son's entire third year. So the entire year that he was three years old, I have no recollection of it. I was working too hard. I was too busy. I was too overwhelmed. I was too burnt out. And I just had no concept of like how to get out of the rat race because I was still believing the bullshit. If you just work harder, if you just dig in, if you just keep going, like you will be successful. And honestly, in, in 2018, Christmas of 2018, I had donated inadvertently because I have a bleeding heart and I'm trying to come into the end of my career. I'm deciding, you know what? I probably don't want to do graphic design anymore. I definitely don't want to own my own business anymore. I was just so tired and so done. And I was working with this charity that works with children with cancer. So of course, bleeding heart. I was like, oh God, I will help you do anything. And um, I, can't, I don't think that they, they hired me for the intention of using me or taking advantage, but it's definitely what happened. So at the end of it, I had put in 480 hours for donation, not knowing I was donating this, um, about $25,000 worth of services. And, and at the end of them receiving everything, 
because at the time I also didn't realize how burnt out I was. I didn't realize that I, I was on the verge of a mental collapse. I didn't realize that I had given myself a stroke because I was so overworked and so stressed out. Um, I couldn't even tell you when I had that minor stroke. I just know it happened because my, my acupuncturist, who is a Chinese face reader, she saw a selfie of, a, of me and kind of panicked. And she said, I need to see the most recent. And it was way before I had stopped my business. And, and she's like, you had a stroke. So she's asking me all these questions about my stress level and about like my anxiety level. And my baseline was up here. My baseline was like through the roof. So I literally could not tell her what had fluctuated, what had happened. And it was simultaneously the worst and the best thing that ever happened to me when they, at the end of all of it, and I had built a system for them. I had built a brand for them. I had built a website for them. And I was trying to find donations to pay myself as their team member. They said to me, you know what? Um, I don't think this is going to work out. And so we would really love it if you would cancel your contract so we don't ever have to pay you. And I was in such a state of shock. Like at this point, my parents had come from Montana. I hadn't seen them in three years. I didn't get to see them that entire weekend because I wasn't even allowed the space to tap out for five days to see my parents. And I didn't have boundaries in place. So I didn't know that it was totally okay for me to say, nothing's on fire. You're not an EMT. Like we don't have another tour for three months stop talking to me. I didn't think that that was okay because that's not what you do, right? The customer is always right. And um, when that happened, it was pretty much like the, the universe, just to interject here, at the beginning of 2018, I had been blessed to be able to go to Thailand on a business trip. And I still don't know how I paid for it. I still don't know how we went. It was the most amazing 10 days that I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I got this little message saying, you know, you should, you should close down a strong design. And I was like, oh, okay. Eventually I will, I will slow it down, I guess. So for me to step in as their IT director and like do all of this stuff and not even realize that I was going to end up doing it for free. I just sort of, I just sort of collapsed and, uh, overnight. I lost the, the six month wait list that I had. I, the networking group that was a major part of where my clients were coming from blacklisted me. Um, it was just, my son got evicted from evicted. Is that the right word? Possibly from preschool because while I was working with this charity, they were totally okay giving us grace and like making payments and stuff. But as soon as they got word that I was no longer working with the charity, they basically said, okay, give us $5,000 or your son can't come to school tomorrow. So now I have no childcare. I have no source of income. I have no wait list. I have no business. I have no clients. I'm just like, and I remember going out to my porch. Cause another thing that we do as women, especially is we're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And you just shove it all down and you pull yourself together. Right. And you wipe your face and you fix your mascara and your lipstick. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. We never allow ourselves to fully collapse. We never allow ourselves to fully feel because that's not okay because you have to hold everything together for everybody else. And it was to the point where I was so broken and I was so, I was so devastated by what had just happened to me that I had no control. And I thought I had control over everything. I went out to my balcony 
and I ugly cried. I cried so hard. I literally threw up for almost three and a half hours. And then for the rest of the month, all I did was cry. I, I couldn't stop crying. It was like, <laughs> I joke about how would you drink too much and then you break the seal and you now you have to pee 40 million times. It was like that, like, oh, my body can actually cry. I can have other emotions. I can feel things. And it was like the floodgates just sort of opened. And looking back in that moment, it was exhausting. It was overwhelming. It was like infuriating. I was feeling all of the feelings. I was, I was raging one second and then sobbing the next second. Like I just sort of was in this hurricane and I didn't know where up was, let alone where I was going to go next. All I knew is that all of this stuff that I had been feeling for decades, just sort of purged out of me in this waterfall. And it was one of the most amazing things that had ever happened to me because releasing all of that and purging all of that put me on this path of continuous healing for the next three years. So um, I started doing what I call mindset Olympics. And I was taking, I was listening to all of these affirmations and all of these videos and reading all of these books and realizing that I was missing other elements. So then I started tapping into the magic and I started dealing with energy workers and I started going on these energy retreats to like purge all of this excess energy. And then in my third year, it's like, oh my God, I'm for, I'm missing the third element because it's mind, body, soul. It's not one or the other. And when we don't work on all three of them together, then that's when we feel very fractured and very frazzled and we can't handle stuff because we don't give ourselves permission to go out to a balcony or cry or to meditate or to take a nap in the middle of the day. So for a decade, I did exactly what society told me to. I went to college. I went to college multiple times. I worked really hard on my career. I did everything that I was supposed to in the marketing world. I did everything I was supposed to in the tech world. Like and when I look back at pictures, I don't even recognize the person that was in photos. I have no idea who that person was in the mirror. I hated everything about my life. And now fast forward, and I've been on this healing journey, and I can legitimately say that I am unbelievably happy, unbelievably happy. And it's strange because you hear it, and it sounds almost like a pitch, like, I have a best friend now, and I have a sisterhood, and my amazing sex life, and I've got a wonderful marriage, and I love being a mom, and but the thing is, it's not a pitch. It's actually my real life. And it's so astounding to me that it was so simple and so fucking hard at the exact same moment that that's kind of where I'm at now. That's what I teach women is there's not, we are not one size fit all. <laughs> like look at it, put, put on a pair of jeans and I guarantee you it's not going to fit you the same way it does me, whether we wear the same size or not. So the way that we are taught to design our life of this one size fits all, it's part of the reason that we're all so miserable. That's that's truly what I believe. That's truly Amen. what I believe. Amen to everything. That was incredible. Um, you know, <laughs> lifestyle design is something that's really important to Mariah and I. We talk about it a lot. Um, I do think that we're all fed this like one recipe, you know. Go, I had a big problem. It was like, go to the nine to five, sit in a cubicle all day long, get 10 vacation days a year. Like I hated that. And, and I you should wanna, be grateful. And I should be grateful. You know, I, yeah, you're exactly right. And so I really liked what you said about success. You know, I think that is 
we all just kind of accept what society tells us success is. And then we all work towards that without ever questioning, is this what success looks like for me? And I think I, you know, I can so resonate with a lot of your story. And unfortunately in the design world, it's not uncommon for that to happen. Designers really are not I mean, I can talk to you, I can tell you a million stories of designers not really being treated well and paid for their time and encouraged to just work and work and work and lower their prices, you know, um, that need for constant certification. You know, I certainly had that too of like, oh, if I just get one more degree or if I take one more training, you know, it's that need to like prove. And that's just a hamster wheel for me, I was on it as well. And I got to a point where, you know, I I feel the same as you. Like, I can't remember my personal life. It almost felt like I was black out (laughs) and people would try to talk to me about visioning for the future. And the thought of growing what I had literally made me sick to my stomach. So I, I think that that story, there's so many elements of that story that are so universal, not among designers and creatives, but even in the online business space. So I can't thank you enough for sharing all that, but I want to kind of dive into this idea of success. So how, what did that look like for you? Obviously there was the big crumble, you know, you had the breakdown moment. (laughs) What made you start questioning this idea of success and like redefining it? And what did that look like um, on a day-to-day basis, especially during those dark days? It was a really big fucking slap in the face, actually. So I hadn't worked since I was a manager at the bridal store back in 2007 to 2008, right? Like that was literally the last job that I had. So, um, in, in 2019, uh, when everything came crashing down, of course it was right after Christmas. And of course it was right before my birthday because my birthday is January 7th. So like, it was just kind of a very, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like in July where I had time to like think and process stuff. This all happened during the holidays and then it collapsed right before Christmas. And I remember being so not only angry, but humiliated that I couldn't pay for my son's school, that I couldn't afford Christmas for him. Like, um, and, and there's also that pressure of the consumerism, right. That especially during Christmas, like, oh my God, you have to get all of the toys. So I felt like a failure as a wife, as a mother, as a provider, as a business owner, like there was not a single spot in my life that I didn't feel like an epic failure. And I told my husband, I said, I'm just, I need something so abruptly different um, because if I just stay here, I'm not going to be okay. So I got a job at 24 hour fitness. And the reason I applied for this job specifically is because it was night shift, which meant I didn't have to talk to anybody. I think there were four people that I talked to my entire shift every single night. And my whole job was going in at 10 o'clock at night and folding towels and checking the chlorine in the pool. That was literally my job. And they said to me, you can watch videos, you can read books, you can do podcasts, just make sure the towels are folded. I was like, all right, I can totally do this. And after about four weeks, I got a paycheck because you know, the first two weeks you don't get one. So four weeks I get a paycheck and I'm doing the math and I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Cause remember I used to charge $10,000 for my services. And I realized that my take-home pay working a $15 an hour job 
part-time 20 hours a week overnight where I, I just didn't, I slept during the day made just as much money. If I had stayed there for the entire year, I would have had as much income as working my ass off 80 hours a week, not seeing my family, not seeing my husband and killing myself, quite literally killing myself. And it was this punch in the face, like, what the fuck am I doing? It was, it was just this overwhelming. If I cannot make it in this way, something is so wrong. Something is so wrong. And what I did is I was listening to people like Kyle Cease and um, Aaron Dotry, and there were a couple of other, I was really drawn to the masculine energies because I, up until that, up until very recently, actually, I was afraid to be feminine because that was the other thing that I was taught when in the hustle culture, if you're too girly, if you wear too much makeup, if your skin is too, if you're skin is not perfect. If you are wearing clothes that are too tight, if you're showing too much cleavage, if you're too sexy, if you're too sensual, you're definitely not going to make it. And there's no way that you could be successful or let alone be taken seriously. Right. So I suppressed all of my feminine energies. And when I had this realization, I did the math. I quickly quit the job. I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep doing this. I'm not going to be on this hamster wheel from any way, shape or form. And I just kind of dived into nothing but self-care and healing. And I was very, very, very blessed. I am very blessed to have a husband who was able to just kind of take front on the, on the financials, because truth be told, he had been paying for everything all these years anyway, because as much as I was working, I wasn't actually making any money. I wasn't actually bringing anything home. So I had uh, to add insult to injury. I had nothing to show for all of this fucking work that I had done for other people. And, and then when my friend told me that I had had a stroke, I was like, I I'm, I'm in my thirties. I have a six-year-old son. I like, I've been with my husband for a decade. Like, this is not okay. I'm not some 70 year old woman who <laughs> like put in hard labor in a coal mine my entire life. So it was just this really, really profound awareness that our system is very, very broken. And I knew I wanted to be able to help other women. I knew I wanted to be able to show them there was a different way, but I also knew I can't show you the way if I've never walked through it. So I spent the rest of the, the, the last three years, the rest of that year specifically, like, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't say no to anything that was on my healing journey. And I said no to everything else. I purged relationships. I purged my house. I like purged my business. I like, I mean, I even got to the point where I sold my graphic design computer. And for anybody, you know, this Shay, like graphic design computers, $5,000 Mac with all the souped up stuff. Cause you have to have it with all of the screens and all of the pieces. And it wasn't until about six months ago that I was able to actually walk back into an office without having a panic attack. So <laughs> isn't it, isn't it so interesting that like in life in general, a just like listening to your story, I'm just getting so many visualizations of just like a, how important boundaries are. And if we continue to ignore them, the pendulum swings all the way to the right. 
And then the only way to come back in the middle is then to swing all the way to the left. Yeah. So it was literally like you were so focused in this masculine energy of society, of creating, of output, of like not taking any time for self-care for yourself, for anything that in order to come into balance, you had to take that time by yourself to focus on healing, to focus on self-care. And it's also interesting that you mentioned in Thailand, like you got this download of like, you need to sell your design business and you're like, LOL, like what? Like, no, I can't. Yeah, I'll do it later. And the universe is like, bitch, we told you, we gave, like, we told you what to do. And we said it as a whisper because the universe always comes in as a whisper at first. Mm -hmm. You're paying attention, you notice it. And so it becomes this blip on our radar where it's like, okay, subconsciously, there's something here. I'm noticing this, but no, that's not the way that it works. And you just kept going, kept forcing, kept doing, kept hustling. And the universe is like, bitch, don't want to hear my whispers. So like everything around how you get to the face. Like everything has to crumble yeah. so that we can get her to swing all the way to the left. Yeah. And I just think that it's, it's so interesting time and time again, how like, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. If we keep running away from balance, we cannot just go from one end right into balance. Most of the time we have to go all the way to the other end, experience that integrate that. And after we've integrated, after we've embodied, then we are allowed to come into the middle so that we can balance both sides in a more harmonious way. And I feel like they're like, I just relate so much to that because I think in one of the episodes I was talking about, where I was like, I realized that I was so much in my masculine running the old version of my business too, that when I started learning how to channel. I really started learning, like diving into my intuitive nature and everything. And my mentor was like, you got to dive into your feminine. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't even know. I went to YouTube and I was like, what is feminine energy and how to be feminine? And then I went and got my nails done because I literally didn't know what the fuck to do. If you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of joke all the time because, uh, growing up, I was always told that I was beautiful and it was the, it was the most disgusting thing that people would tell me because, um, I had, of course, I also had those boyfriends. I was the trophy wife. I was the object. So, and that was where a lot of my me too moments came from is because of the way I looked. So I, there was no part of me that felt safe being feminine. And then you start a business in this hustle culture and you're like, absolutely not. No, there's no way I'm going to be overtly feminine. And, Mm. um, the fascinating thing is, is we all have a balance of masculine and feminine in us. And we're also so taught that the feminine is weak. And I'm like, "Mm, no, not, not quite actually. In fact, uh, one of the things that I'm working on with this new program is teaching women about the goddess and how she is both fierce and loving, both powerful in this terrifying way and also powerful in this like nurturing way. And the, the divine feminine is not about getting your nails done. It's not about getting a pedicure. It's not about putting on makeup for me. That is how I'm tapping into my feminine. I 
now that I'm on this other side of it, I forgot how much I love being a woman. I really do. I've got some rock star curves that are like Marilyn Monroe worthy, man. And I love wearing my wiggle dresses and like the rockabilly style and putting on all of the makeup and playing in it for the first time in a decade. I went and got myself purple eyeshadow, like, and this, this power that is happening and it's awakening this sensuality in me too, which of course is making my marriage even better and my sexuality and my sex life even better. And it was, it was all started because I realized that, that hyper toxic masculine, that even women like take on and absorb through this culture. It was, it was what was killing me. And the, the shock and the terror, the literal terror. When my friend said to me, you had a stroke and I actually went and got it confirmed. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I did. I can only imagine what would have happened if the universe had not given me that roundhouse kick to the face. Because at that point I didn't have life insurance because I didn't think it was something that was important. I mean, shit, I didn't even really have medical insurance because I was like, well, I will sleep when I'm dead. (laughs) Oh my God. I used to say that too. I remember saying that and like, the inside me right now, like my soul is literally like, oh God, God bless you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm, I know that I've gotten to this new point in my life where yesterday, perfect example, I had so much shit to do, but I was so tired and I was zoning out on my phone and I suddenly went, what am I doing? I'm not going to get anything done if I'm sleep deprived anyway. So I laid down and I took a 90 minute nap. And then I woke up and I was able to get so much done and actually feel productive. But that's the other side of it is this, this constant need to feel productive. And I'm like, "Mm, no, 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 nope. I don't do that anymore. In fact, my office is now my balcony where I sit outside and I look at all the trees over my balcony and I just like, I just sit, literally just sit. And when I'm allowing myself this spaciousness, that's where all of these ideas come in. That's where I realize, oh, I actually do have really, really huge powers. And I don't care if anybody else believes me because I know I'm getting these messages. I know these messages are meant for other people. I know that this is something really, really profound and powerful that I need to share with the world. And I know that the people who are meant for me are going to find me, but that's three years in the making. That That is literally three years of very, very hard work because people Also, I think we have this, and I think it's purposeful. I think it's by design, this thought process of if you're too feminine, you're weak. If you're too spiritual, then you're not taken seriously. You don't know how to run a business. If you're too frou-frou, then, you know, you're never going to be able to get clients. If you don't work all the time, and if you're not productive all the time, you're never going to be successful. And I'm over here going, yeah, I've been on the other side. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's total bullshit. It's total bullshit. I love that. And I'm like pulling the pieces together now that this idea of success is very masculine. (laughs) And honestly, for me, when I started to allow myself to have space, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I, um, I really struggled. I knew I needed space. I love the time to just stare out the window or sit on the porch. But then when I made time for that in my schedule and did it, I was guilty and shaming myself the whole time because I wasn't 
being productive how I thought I should be. And in reality, that is the space, like you said, where all the good stuff comes. And the yeah. same, I take like a siesta every afternoon. Like I know my brain's going to shut down and I need a little, I need a little something, whether it's a walk or a nap or whatever, but I've incorporated it into my day now. And I wake up pretty moody in the morning. So I have like a rituals in the morning that I do, you know, so I, I love this. Like the more I tapped into my feminine and my intuition, that is what caused me to challenge what success looked like and really think about, no, what do I value? What does success look like for me? And, and how do I make a schedule and a life that aligns with that? And that was very empowering for me. Um, I, I really think that, you know, I liked what you said about like the mind, body, and soul. And so is that, um, actually, so one thing I asked Mariah before we got on this call, what was the pivot like? You know, so it's hard for me. I, I'm a smart person that identifies with masculine. And then, you know, you did a pretty hard pivot out of that world into the quote unquote woo side of things where now we're into the more mm-hmm. mystical and we're leaning into that feminine I'm assuming that wasn't an overnight, like mindset shift. <laughs> like, what was that? Did that come through these three years as well of like finding the confidence? Cause for me, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to stand up and be seen like that when your whole life, your identity has been built being seen in your masculine. So like, how did you yeah. build those muscles? I'm still building it. And that's the the thing that a lot of people, I think there's this huge misconception that when you pivot, when you change, when you adjust what is not working and trying to find out what is working for you, um, that it's just like this light switch and you're like, all right, yes. And I am ready. And oh my God, no, no. Like even now, even yesterday, I, I didn't take a nap until almost 11 AM, even though I'd woken up at seven, because I felt guilty that I wasn't being productive as I wanted to be, because I had all of these things that I wanted to do before 11 AM. Also knowing full well that I don't schedule anything before 10. I don't understand why humans function before 10. I don't understand why we do anything before 10 because I'm such a night owl. So like, I'm still going through all of that stuff. And I feel like that's really important for people to remember is yes, I'm on the other side of it, but my journey is not done. I'm still going through all these trials. I'm still getting all these lessons. I'm still healing all of these things. And it's like an onion. Like the more I heal, the more that comes up and I'm just going, Oh my God. Um, but I, I will say, I do vividly remember there was this point and I want to say it, it was in, it was last year. So 2021 at some point, I don't know when, I had this sudden awareness and it came after, cause I decided to get myself boudoir shots. I was like, I, I, okay. I was a professional dancer and I was a professional cheerleader. And so my body dysmorphia is really messed up because from a dancer perspective, if you look like Marilyn Monroe, you're the fat dancer because you don't look like an androgynous 12 year old boy. From the cheerleader perspective, I was too skinny because I didn't have the really thick, powerful, muscular legs and butt like cheerleaders do. I didn't have the six pack because I was a dancer. So my, my muscles were elongated. So I wasn't, I wasn't strong enough, quote unquote, for the cheerleader. And then I was hypersexualized by almost every single male that I encountered and I didn't have boundaries. So I didn't know what healthy masculinity was 
like, like there were all of, all of these levels. Right. And I decided I wanted to get myself boudoir shots because I didn't know what I looked like. And I knew it was extremely important for me to see myself in the way my husband saw me to see myself in a healthy, sexy way. And oh my God, I'm so thankful. I got myself a 36 by 24 inch fucking poster of myself. I'm so not kidding. It Damn, hangs on I my wall. <laughs> What's up girl? <laughs> oh my God, I do. And it was this huge moment because when you're staring at yourself and you have this vivid memory of the photographer taking this photo of you and she shows you the photo while you're still in the studio. And then you get this picture of you and every morning you wake up and you're like, <gasps> that's me. Like it does something. Right. And I started doing these silly affirmations because they're not, they're not the normal affirmations because those ones didn't work. They also felt like a program. They felt like a condition. So I don't like sleeping in pajamas and I will wake up and the way the sun hits my body and I'll go into my bathroom. And the very first thing out of my mouth, before I put on my glasses and I can see details and <laughs> before I turn on the, the harsh, awful light is I'll go, God, you are sexy. And then I'll go about my thing. Right. Because my brain is still in theta waves. I'm able to implant that, that side of it. And it sounds egotistical, narcissistic, whatever, but at the same time, I'm like, I spent 38 years of my life literally hating everything about myself. And I deserve better than that. And I'm going to be with myself for the next, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, 80 years, whatever. Maybe I'll live to be 150. Who knows? And I want to, I want to actually enjoy every aspect. I don't just want to enjoy the experiences. I want to enjoy what my body can do. I want to enjoy what my body looks like. I want to enjoy the relationships I have. I want to enjoy the, the, the pleasures that I get from my body, whether it is ice cream or an amazing orgasm, like, and you can't do that when you're continuously hating on yourself. So there was a shift at some point this last year where I realized, and this is where the goddess clan came from is because I went, oh my God, I actually have a best friend and I have a, a relationships in my life that are very uplifting, very supporting. I don't talk to women anymore that are mean girl thought process. Every single one of them are empowering. Every single one of them check in with me as much as I check in with them. And my husband and I had this amazing marriage because we opened up communication and I started vocalizing what my needs were and what I needed from him and how to pleasure me and how to help me in the house. And yes, I do need you to empty the dishwasher because for some reason that is heavy for me and I don't ever want to do it. Right. Like uh, all of a sudden, like being able to step into my power allowed me to receive help from other people. It allowed me to receive love from other people. And it was just this like, oh my God, oh my God, what, what? Like that's my reality now. And it was, like I said, I can't really pinpoint. It was just this sudden awareness of, holy shit, I have been doing a lot of work. Like, look at me. And I kind of felt almost like when you're done with senioritis and you actually get your diploma, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I actually graduated. Yay! <laughs> like, it was sort of that type of energy and, and it's still going, it's still ongoing. And I think that's the part that's really powerful for me is it wasn't a one day thing. It wasn't like going to visit Disneyland and coming home with this really great memory. It's this continuous steady, like this is my life now. 
And there's no way I'm ever going back to the other one. So it's, it's, it's like this, this continuous realization that it's all always here. It's all always available to us, but we can't always see it because we don't have the capacity to receive it. Yes. And so it's like the deeper we begin to heal, the more space that we create on the outside and the inside, because as within, so without. Yes. As we begin to create that space, now it's opening up to create the space for you to be able to look in the mirror and be like, holy shit, I'm sexy. Yeah. And the fact of like also holding, because everything is a paradox. Literally mm-hmm. this entire this entire world, being a human is a paradox. And it's like the, the fact of that, like us saying, oh my God, I look sexy. We even have this thought process that was ingrained in us that is a program that like this could be narcissistic this could be like egotistical it's like no like facts are facts (laughs) your girl (laughs) looks good and like possibly for one of the very first times in your life you're looking in the mirror and you're like I love myself yes and why are we not as a society taking this more seriously instead of throwing this label on it of like, no, that's so far to the other end that like, that's so egotistical. That's so that it's like, no, it actually makes me a better fucking person, a better friend, a better partner, a better sister, a better, literally everything. If I can love myself and create the space inside myself to expand my capacity to receive. Mm -hmm. And I can actually give you a perfect example to, for anybody that's listening, that's like, Oh, I mean, that all sounds great and everything, but I have kids and I have a family and I have a job and I have this and I have that and all the other things. I got to the point where, um, I made, I made my alone time. I'm an introvert. And I, and one of the discoveries that I've done over the last couple of years is really learn about myself. Finding out I have ADHD was like mind boggling because all of a sudden I understood why I could, I could design these amazing graphics, these amazing websites. And like, I would have these great ideas, but then to reply to an email felt like I was running a 10 K every single time. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. So being diagnosed with ADHD, that helped me understand how I can actually work and not burn out and understanding that I am a true introvert. And I really do need a lot of time by myself every single day. Just like you were saying, it makes me a better mom. It makes me a better partner. And my son, who's now eight, if I'm getting really cranky, if I'm getting really strong out, if my anxiety is really high, I've now, uh, I've now learned how to communicate my needs, even to my child, like, dude, I'm in the yellow zone with that toy. Like my brain is not okay today. So if you're going to keep playing with that, I'm going to go into the red zone and then mama's going to get crazy. And I really don't want to do that for you. And if I'm in the red zone and I'm not aware of it, where for red zone for him is like, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out and I'm like snapping at everybody. And, and I'm just like, Oh my God, just get your jacket. Right. Like that type of thing. My little boy will look at me. He goes, mama, 
I love you. I think you need to go outside. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do, buddy. And you know what? He's fine. He is fine watching an iPad or watching a show for an hour so I can go sit down on the balcony through a sliding glass door where he's on the other side, literally not moving because I allowed him to have screen time and just exist. And all of a sudden I can come back in and I'm like, all right, dude, you want to play a, you want to play a board game? You want to make some cookies? You want to like, what do you want to do? I want <laughs> to be there with my child because now I'm not ready to, to punch him in the throat because he's driving me crazy because I I'm just like, I'm agitated that day. So it's worked with literally everything. When I, when I realize that my brain stops working and I'm on the computer, I will get up and I will walk away because I'm not being efficient in the first place while I'm sitting there. So literally taking care of yourself, taking time for yourself and figuring out what works for you in that self-care is, it really is magic. And Shay, earlier you were talking about success and it's funny because on paper, I am not successful at all. I am not like, I don't have 50 million clients. I'm not a bajillion air. I'm not like, and yet um, people have actually called my husband and I and asked if we could have a podcast for how to have a better relationship. I now have this program where I am literally teaching women how to be sensual and doing what I call sensual dance. It's a lap dance, but you don't necessarily need a partner and it's not a performance. It's how to like, elevate your divine feminine within your body, right? <laughs> to be able to, to feel that sexuality that is also so suppressed that we are supposed to, it's like, well, you can be sexy, but it's not like too sexy because if you're too sexy, then that's causing problems. Why? Why is it causing problems for you to activate your power? Why does it cause problems for you to rest? Why does it cause problems for you to nourish yourself and to put yourself above even your children? Like, Yes, when you're a mom, they do take priority, but not every second of every single day. They they just don't. And if you have a partner, guess what? They are also a parent, so they can take front. And if you have family around, awesome. They can do babysitting. They can help you out. And if you don't have that, it is fucking worth the money to hire a teenager to come in and make a mess in your house so that you can leave and go take care of whatever you need to do. Even if the taking care of yourself is going and sitting in the car around the block and reading a book. Yep. Like, so on paper, I'm not successful yet. And yet I, by definition, have more success in my life now than I ever did when I was in this hustle culture and working my ass off and literally killing myself and ruining every relationship I had to, to make a buck. Yep. Like, Ooh, I got goosebumps. That's so good. Um, I, I, I often try to say that to people that I'm coaching, you know, you see all these people bragging about, you know, I multiple six figure year and clients that get your next 10 K project, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you have no idea, you know, how much they're working. You have no idea how much relationships are suffering. You have no idea if personal health is suffering. You have no idea if the business is even profitable. Yeah, they could bring in that much money, but it could go right back out and not in their bank account, right? And so I, the, I really, go ahead. Or, uh, yeah, I just want to pop in. We're the privilege of support. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't know if like they have a partner or a family that maybe they're really well off financially. Maybe they've always been well off financially. You know what I mean? Like there's so much privilege that gets 
really overlooked mm-hmm. when like if having that kind of support from the get-go allows you to grow financially. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to add that into your spiels, spiel, Shay. Wow, is that a tongue twister? I've never said that before. Spiel, <laughs> Shay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, what you're saying is exactly right. Like you have to figure, I think a lot of us spend a lot of time in shame that we're not quote unquote successful. And really yeah. success can look like so many different things. I spent plenty of years at the beginning where like what the numbers look like on the books are not successful, but I felt yeah. more successful than I have ever felt in my life because on a nice afternoon, I can go outside and I can travel and have my own schedule and have more freedom. And time for me has always been like, am I in control of my time? Does my schedule feel spacious? That is success for me. So I got really clear on that (laughs) and then focused on how can I be in control of my time? Like that's always felt successful for me. And so I do like to encourage people I know that it's hard to not have the FOMO and to see, especially around the new year, which it is right now, you're seeing all of these wins, <laughs> but it's like, really, no, it's Capricorn season. They're not, they're not winning. It's <laughs> Capricorn true, activating true. all of their energy saying, all right, bitch, let's go. And I know because I'm a full-fledged Capricorn. So <laughs> it's like, you're never getting the full story. And we all know this, but it comes back to put your head down, run your race, pay attention to you. What makes you feel alive? What gives you energy, you know, and how can you have more of that and, and build a life around that and, and shut off the comparison? Cause that is really a killer. It is such a killer and I'm guilty of it too. And I get swept up in it. And the funny part is, you know, I don't know if you had this happen, but like when I had my first 10 K client, the question that I got asked next was like, all right, well, what about the the next 50 K client? And that was so defeating for me because I was like, what are you talking about? I've had this mountain forever. And now I'm at the top. You're telling me there's another mountain. And so I had to, okay, good, but (laughs) what's next. And so that's the other part I think of hustle culture is like, you do reach these milestones and you do not celebrate yourself. There's like, maybe we go out to dinner, but that's about it. Maybe. And then you're on to the next thing. And it's already, oh, well, what about 50K? Oh, well, what about 100K? And it starts all over again. So it's really always going to be a journey. There really is no, I made it. This is success. And you have to like, on a day-to-day basis, what makes me feel successful today? You know, what could make me feel successful tomorrow? And how can I have just a little bit, carve a little bit of time out for that every single day? And that's really where the magic I think is, as opposed to like these number-based wins. Yeah. Well, and I can tell you, I, I didn't even celebrate how much I have healed and yeah. how far I've come, even though I've got this giant picture of me naked in the bed <laughs> with boudoir shots, right? Um, I found my journal from Thailand and I found it on accident yesterday, actually. And I was reading through it and I sent a message to my best friend. I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm going to celebrate this. Like I am doing amazing because it wasn't until literally that moment that I actually could quantify how far I've come and what all I have done. And the definition of success that 
we are fed is the only way that you are successful is if you make six figures, if you have this giant house, if you have this awesome Ferrari, if you have like all the best clothes and you're a fashionista and whatever, like my goal is to be a billionaire that looks one step above a homeless person. Like I, I do not want to ever put money in places that doesn't that doesn't bring me joy. Like what would bring me joy is to have enough money where I can walk down to town hall and slap a hundred thousand dollars on the table and say, who do I have to buy off to fix this fucking homeless problem? Because obviously you guys are inept. So here's money. If that's your problem, let's do that. Let's fix that. Right. Um, but I also know people who literally buy vans and then revamp them. So now they have a mini RV and they are traveling all over the country and they live in their car. And 10 years ago, if you said, yeah, I live in my car, people would have been horrified. Oh my God, are you okay? Yep. She's making six figures, but she also travels all over the world and she lives in her car with her little chihuahua. So like for her, that is extremely successful. I've talked to people who are like, I just want to live in like a witch's cottage in the middle of the forest and use blueberries as currency. And that will be considered successful for me. And I'm like, yeah, it would. Like you're just doing the farmstead thing, right? So there's also that understanding that as you learn more about who you are and what brings you joy and what lights you up and where your masculine can be powerful and healthy and help you project forward, because that's what the masculine does. And where is the feminine for you? Like my best friend hates makeup. She loves having naked nails and toes and she doesn't like wearing any makeup at all and she's absolutely beautiful and then I'm over here looking like Marilyn Monroe and like a pinup and that brings me joy that makes me feel beautiful and for both of us we're tapped into our feminine because it's different aspects of the feminine because that's what works for us mm -hmm. so yeah this that my entire thing now is to is to help people figure out where their happiness is and a lot of people will say, oh, okay, well, if you're a leader, if you're a coach, if you're a blah, 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 I'm like, no, 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 I'm Gandalf, okay? I'm Gandalf. We're sitting in the cave and I don't know where to go. And then I say, oh, we got to go this way. And it's like Frodo goes, oh, yay, you know the way. No, it smells less foul. I'm aware of the situation over here. I'm being aware of myself. That's how I know we're not going to die if we go this way. Maybe, possibly. I don't know, because let's let's do it. It's, it's an adventure. And so it's it's not about... I know better than you. It's yeah. not, I know more than you. I've been through more than you. I can definitely relate to a lot of things with a lot of people and being an Oracle and getting all these messages and these downloads from source. Like I know I'm just a mailman, man. Like I have to go back and re-listen to all of my stuff too, because my brain doesn't engage. It's not meant to, it's not for me. And, and there's so many ways that you can build a life that makes you happy, that has nothing to do with the way that you've been programmed to believe. Like none of it, none of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's creating the version of success that makes sense for you, your family, your desires, your soul, honestly, because that's, yeah. I mean, in my belief where it all kind of comes from. And it's also Part of that is creating a new relationship with productivity yes. because it's like so often when we go, when we're so high into the masculine, we identify with being super productive. So then when we, you know, we go over to the feminine, we 
naturally assume that then productivity is bad. Like we have a lot of like just built up resentment with productivity because it's like, oh, I was so focused on productivity. That must be bad because where I was, wasn't balanced. And from my experience, especially lately, I have really had to dissect my relationship with productivity because after being, you know, in the feminine, after being so long in the masculine, I had this, this thing that like, well, I don't want to only focus on productivity. And then I was like, holy shit. But when I demonize productivity, then I don't want to take action steps forward. And how do we create forward momentum is by taking action steps. But it's like, I really had to, especially like the beginning of this year, like I really had to sit and be like, no, productivity is not a bad thing. It was how I was approaching productivity. And the fact that I was putting productivity above self-care. Yeah. The thing is, is that productivity comes after self-care. Productivity yeah. is the tool that we get to use to create the change and the impact that we want to make in the world. And so it's yeah. like when you're redefining success, maybe a part is also like it was for me, like redefining what the fuck productivity means to you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because uh, it took me three years to be able to get back on a computer. Mm -hmm. And it's almost embarrassing to say, yeah, I have trauma response from a computer, but the truth of the matter is I would sit down and I would have anxiety attacks. I would start hyperventilating. I would immediately start sweating and I could feel my body just going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it was like this deadline hustle culture, like all of it just like washed over me. And all I had done was turned on my computer and heard that ding sound yeah, or whatever, and your nervous right? system was like, your nervous system is like, hell no. Yeah. Hell yeah. no. Get me out of here. Yeah. And I actually had to go to such extremes that when I walked in and I told my husband, I want to sell my Mac, he just looked at me like, are, are you sure? Cause at this point I haven't done any real work by society standards, right? I've been, a, I've done a lot of work on myself, but I haven't left my house. <laughs> 2020 was a good year for me. I'll tell you what, <laughs> like I didn't have to lie to anybody about why I didn't want to go to something. <laughs> um, I said, yeah, I've been thinking about it and I know I need to step back into this business world, but I cannot do it the way in any capacity that I did before. So now I sold my computer, I sold my laptop, and then I got an Apple, um, an iPad with a pencil and with a cover. And I even splurged on like Bose headphones, noise canceling headphones. And I got like the paper feel cover for my iPad and the amount of stuff that I've been able to do. Cause I'm able to stay in the flow outside on my balcony. And I don't have to like shift my brain to be able to get ready and get like set up to go into the office and go back on a computer. And I'm able to just get out my iPad and do a whole bunch of stuff. And now I'm finally at this place where I can delegate. So I just hired a virtual assistant for the first time ever because I totally could have used one, but I was also so afraid to let go of control because if I don't control it, mm -hmm. it's not going to be done correctly. If I don't do it, then it's not going to get done period. And what if it's not, what if it's not up to my standard? Like I had all of those thoughts go through my brain at the same time. And it's not, it's not just a matter of shifting what is success. Successful for you. It's shifting how to work, 
how to be productive, how to take care of yourself. Like, again, going back to just the feminine stuff, you said, Mariah, that you tapped in and you went and got your nails done. Cause you're like, I don't know how to be a girl. I don't know. I don't know what, to, I don't know. What do I do? What is feminine? Somebody help me. <laughs> right. right. And, um, it's, it's, it's fascinating because 90% of this journey has been deprogramming my brain. It has been removing myself from the matrix of, well, what can I put online? Who, who gives a shit? It's my account. If I want to talk about woo stuff and about femininity and about sex toys, that's what I'm going to do. If I'm going to talk about ADHD another day, that's what I'm going to do because that's my space. And in my house, like I, I didn't, I didn't even decorate my house because for four years, I kept thinking, this isn't my house. It's just a rental. I've lived here for four years and I am just now decorating the house so that my external world is starting to reflect my internal world. And I'm doing it in a DIY because I love being crafty. Whereas before I thought I'd have to invest all of this money to make it look all nice and fancy. And now I've got contact paper on my cupboards and it looks beautiful. And I'm like, so the whole it, it's literally deprogramming and really figuring out what works for you in every facet. And it is, it's not easy. It's not, it's simple, but it is not easy. And that's the piece that people assume, oh, well, once you figure this out, like tomorrow, I'm going to be better. Absolutely not. No, no, no. It's going to be a constant journey, but the more you do it and the more you take those little tiny baby steps, that's how you get to the other side. And just like you said, Mariah, it's, it's a matter of looking back and saying, okay, that's where I was. And now I need to celebrate where I am right now and allow yourself permission to celebrate and how far you've come and to like, appreciate that and be proud of yourself and think of yourself as sexy. Think of yourself as beautiful. Think of yourself as powerful, as successful, like all of those elements that we are taught, especially if you have a vulva, from birth, we are taught to play small, to be small. Don't take up space. Don't be too loud. Don't be too sexy. Don't be too quiet. Don't like, there is a constant contradiction for every single aspect of who we are as women. And I'm frankly fucking tired of it. So yeah, I was going to say it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It's really exhausting. Well, yeah. I love what you're saying there though, because half of this is acknowledging and celebrating improvement and success, because like you're saying, the path is micro actions or baby steps. You know, how do we feel more safe in our feminine? It's by trying something and, oh, it's safe here, you know, and then trying something else. It's all happening in small baby steps. And so the hard part about this type of growth is this is another thing about success is the way we measure it is typically very in dollars and cents, but this type yeah. of healing work is very hard to measure that way. So when you do notice those little micro wins, like, Hey, I looked at the mirror and I said something nice to myself. I remember six months ago, I couldn't think of one thing that is a huge oh, yeah, win so like when you notice those little shifts really celebrate yourself because it it's really easy to just fly right on by that and, and there's magic that happens in the gratitude and the celebration because that's where the receive, receiving comes from right that's when yeah, I okay yeah. more please you know I can receive more it's safe to be here and so they really like what works for you do the baby steps 
and then try to celebrate, right? Really try to stay in gratitude and notice the changes. That's super powerful. And I'm glad you ended us there because I was like, all right, we've been talking a lot about success, but like, how, how do you actually, you know, and it will look different for everybody, but the how is in the baby steps and in the celebration, no doubt. So tell us, you know, like the end of the story a bit, Amanda, you have this really cool club that you've started now called the goddess clan. Where did that come from? And like, what, what's going on with it? Well, part of it, thank you so much. Um, part of that was, um, spending so much time by myself in this whole journey and being able to like really tap in and go, okay, what makes me happy? Where do I want to be with my life, with my partner, with my child? Right. Um, and I kind of went down this path while I was doing my spiritual healing as well. And I'm like, where's the goddess? Like, where are the goddesses? Because we hear a lot about gods and even now Thor and Odin and all of them. And thank you, Marvel. Like they're even getting all of this, like this fame and front row seats. And I'm going, uh, where's the goddess? Like, I know, I know there's somebody that I can look at to say, Hey, you run the underworld and also you make flowers. That's Persephone, right? She is a floral maiden and the queen of death. And there's this dichotomy that happens in the the divine feminine that I think every woman actually has. And I was sitting out there and I'm like, I need to learn about goddesses. I need people to be able to tap into their goddess because you have everything from Freya who is this Viking goddess that, I mean, let's just, let's just be super blunt. Like that bitch has sex with everybody and she loves it. And she wants her body to be worshiped. And she's like, yes, thank you. Look at me. Of course, you're going to love me. And then you have Artemis, who is this, this huntress that is like my best friend, just running through the forest barefoot. And she shoots arrows and she hunts because that way she can feed the village. And I'm like, those are both goddesses. So it's not just this demure Venus, like, oh, look at me, I'm so pretty type of thing. It was this, this kind of a snowball effect of going, okay, if I could start learning about this, if I could start teaching about this, this gives me this gives me a, a container to be able to give women this perspective that when you're looking at me and I've got all this makeup on and I've got all these curves, if that's not who you are, I don't want you to feel like you're not welcome because you don't look quote unquote, like a traditional woman. Like, that's not, no, no, no. That's not how this works. And I use the word clan because I'm tired of appropriating culture and it's the C clan, like clansmen from Celtic times, not the gross one with the other letter. And um, so it, it sort of came to me because I realized the five pillars that I talk about the moach, the the moach, the most is the first one is witchy shit. Like all of the crystals, all of the things that are feminine, all of the things that tap in for the earth goddess and honoring the earth and honoring your spirit on this 3D plane, right? And then we talk about spiritual business practice because, or intuitive business practices, because if you're not doing things to set yourself up so that you can be in the flow so that you can actually operate your business where you're not constantly hustling and you're constantly on the verge of burnout, then you shouldn't have a business anyway. That's where you need to go. Okay. I'm just going to take a time out. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to take a break. And then I'm going to come back and realign myself. So I want to teach people how to have healthy 
intuitive business practices. And then your spiritual practice. I don't care if you're reading the Bible every single day, if you're doing yoga as a religion, or if you're a full-blown earth witch, what are you doing to practice to tap into that source energy, to that soul aspect of you? Because if you're not doing that, then you're missing a third of your entity, right? And then the fourth pillar is living life because they realize there's no way to compartmentalize oops, that I'm a mom, that I'm a wife, that I'm, that I had a fight with my, my mom, that like my sister driving me crazy, that this neighbor is, you know, whatever. And you need to have a space where you are allowed to complain because that's the other thing from women is we're always told, Oh, stop complaining. You need to give more grace. No, if I'm in a mood and I have a thought, I want to have this space to be able to purge that thought. And sometimes just having a group of women or having this sisterhood where you can say, all right, I'm having a bad fucking day. So if anybody has space for me to just purge and bitch and complain for like 30 minutes, that would just be amazing. Because when you do that, it no longer stays in you. You are able to actually fully purge it and then move on with your life and it doesn't bother you anymore. And you're able to figure out solutions to change that aspect. And then the fifth pillar is embodiment. That's where I talk about sensual dance because if you're not literally living in your body, it's super cool that you're a mystic and you are etherical and you talk about 5D stuff and magic and manifestation and all these woo practices. But if you're not, in your physical 3D body, you're missing half of the equation. So allowing you and and helping women figure out what is embodiment for them. Again, my best friend does no interest in sensual dance, but she wants to be a bodybuilder. So for her, that is embodiment. That's where she feels power. That's where she feels strong. And being able to um, go outside and do yoga, doing naked yoga in your yard. Like, is that how you're getting into your physical body so that you can fully experience life? Awesome. How does that look for you? So it sort of evolved over the year with all of these elements that I was learning and all of these relationships that I was building and all these things that I was helping these other women with. And I just kind of went, I need, I need to, I need to give people a space to be able to experience this. (laughs) Like that's more than just me talking with a couple of girlfriends. And it's still that way. Like it still feels like I'm just talking with a couple of girlfriends, but now this, this community is very slowly building and this support system is just expanding from all of those places and seeing, I have speakers that come in from all different aspects. Like in February, I'm going to actually have a sex coach come in and talk about full fledged sex, like everything that you can think of all the questions and all the things that we were not taught about how to have really good sex. Right. And then I have a woman that's coming in about being, um, aware and, and what's the word I'm looking for. You're going to have to edit this one. Sorry present as a mother. And so, so again, that's full spectrum because it's not just about me. It's not like, oh, I'm the leader. I'm the guru. I'm the one that knows all the things. No, I want it to be a community where other people can show up and show off their magic to help people figure out what their path actually is. Mm. That is such a powerful container. Thank you for creating that. You know, it's so funny. One theme that has popped up in almost all of our interviews um, is the lack of female story and like archetype and the lack of the goddess and in every 
you know, all the stories that we learned growing up to understand how the world works are very male driven. And so that need for, and I think that's why a lot of women struggle is because we don't really have those examples of possibility and what it can look like. So I think that is so powerful in embodiment. You know, that is the struggle. (laughs) It was certainly the struggle for me. And that's the muscle that I'm currently working on building. So I love how you've put all that together. Um, Any, anything else, any other questions that you have, Mariah, before we shut the episode down? What, that container sounds amazing. I'm just over here. I'm just receiving everything that you're, <laughs> everything that you're saying. Um, yeah. Wow. No, I, I think that this conversation was, was really fucking powerful. Thank you. Um, oh, we do ask every single guest on the podcast. What's been sparking your curiosity lately? What's been sparking my curiosity? Myself. I, I, the more I'm learning about myself, the more I want to learn about myself. And I know a lot of people will look at labels like, oh, now you have ADHD. So that's your identity. Oh, you're a Capricorn son. So now that's your identity. And for me, I'm like, no, I'm literally building a guidebook on how I live, on how I operate and understanding base things like what my personality is from all of these different aspects from whether the it's the full-fledged astrology or it's the full-fledged psychology, um, learning about myself in every way has been something that I, I can't stop being curious about. And I love finding out more and more and more about myself because I'm like, I'm an awesome human. And I have not felt like that for 98% of my life. And Mm -hmm. it's because of this conditioning or because of this thing or whatever the case is. And so the more curious I am to find out more about myself, the more I can proudly say, yeah, I've got a Scorpio moon. So if you get on the wrong side, like just, just be aware of that stinger, right? I have or- a Scorpio moon and our last guest had a Scorpio moon. That's a weird little theme we have going on. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but also like, it's not just the mental aspect. It is the spiritual aspect. Like I just simply do not connect with most major religions, but I really do connect with the earth magic, with talking to the goddess, with honoring deities instead of worshiping them, with utilizing crystals and all of those elements, right? And cannabis as as like plant medicine. And the more I find out about myself, the more I want to help other people find out about themselves because it, it really is the key to everything. You, you really are the key to everything in your life. My God, I love this so much. I literally <laughs> say all the time, like, especially just for business owners that are feeling really stuck and unmotivated. It's like, you are the secret sauce. Yeah. Like you are that unique factor in your business. You are the human being that makes the difference. You were created for a purpose, for a reason, with a unique makeup. And I I think that my curiosity, especially lately, has been really similar. And it's really awesome as you continue to dive into yourself and different layers, regardless of what tool you're using. Like you mentioned psychology and astrology, and it's like human design or the Enneagrams, like regardless, it's so fun to like, find and investigate these little things 
And then, I mean, personally, I become just a little obsessive. I like to get in rabbit holes with them. And then it's like, you gather this information and then you just let it simmer. And then you're like, okay, what stuck and what didn't. Yeah. And then it like allows you, I mean, for me personally, it allows me to better, better vocalize how I'm feeling because it's like somebody else was able to put words into like what I'm already feeling. And yeah, it's like, yeah, I love being curious. Giving you that terminology so that you can express to other people, because it's not just about figuring out who you are. It's being able to express who you are to other people to get your needs met. Like when I got diagnosed with ADHD, I sent my husband all of these videos and all of a sudden my husband has shifted some of the ways he communicates with me. So he no longer says to me, what do you want for dinner? Because that's way too generalistic and that's overwhelming, but he'll go, okay, do you want steak? No. Do you want burgers? No. Do you want tacos? No. So he'll like list through all of these things and I'll be able to make that decision without being overwhelmed by the five bajillion D options. And so it's not just about learning who you are so that how you can operate It's so that you are giving yourself language to teach other people how to treat you, mm-hmm. whether that's for boundaries, whether that's for relationships, whether that's for work, like being able to tell my virtual assistant, this is how my brain works. Don't ever call me. I will hang up on you and being okay with that because that's not how my brain processes information. Right. So it's, it's really, really, really powerful. And I truly believe that that is the catalyst to designing the world and the life that you actually want. It's not some program that you buy for $20,000 and then spend 10 days with. It is a continuous ongoing day by day analyzing of where you are, where your energy is, where your mental space is, what, like what's going on around you. What can you rearrange in your schedule? How can you take care of yourself today? Some days I want to go out and I want to go get my nails done. I want to be out and about and I want to go shopping. And other days I'm like, don't talk to me. I actually told my husband that on Tuesdays, I need him to leave the house. I don't care where you go, but Tuesdays are for me. And a year ago, I would have been horrified at, at saying that's what I really need. And now I don't feel bad at all because it helps everybody around me. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole reason why we created this podcast. It's staying curiously guided. It really mm-hmm. is. And I love when episodes end on me being able to like connect the name of the podcast back to the entire conversation that we had. It's just, Ooh. it's make, it's making my heart very happy. Um, <laughs> okay. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We absolutely loved this conversation. Um, you. can you just let our listeners know where they can find and connect with you? Yes. So, uh, on Instagram and on TikTok, I am the mystical badass. Cause I don't believe that even wooey stuff, I am not fluid and calm and quiet and willowy. I'm very loud. I'm in your face. I swear a lot. And so <laughs> the mystical badass, uh, if you are interested in the goddess clan, it's literally the And if you are interested in joining the community, but do not want, or are not quite ready for one-to-one coaching, the society is actually the rebel soul sisterhood. So you can go to rebelsoulsisterhood.com as well. And it's the same thing. The only difference is the goddess clan is one-to-one 24 hour access via Voxer for me. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're definitely going to put those links in the show notes. Um, yeah, I think we're going to close this episode down. 
So if you guys enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with somebody you think would also love it or screenshot it, share it on social media. You know, we're really kind of still new in this podcast world. So just a simple share literally means the world to us. And if you guys have any questions or feedback or anything like that, we love it when you DM us. So please reach out and connect. And as always, thank you so much for listening and for your support. Consider subscribing to the podcast or leaving us a five-star review so we can all continue to grow together. And until next time, remember that you have the power to create whatever the hell you want. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.